And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. But I'll tell you what, the United States economy... It's betting against you. You heard me correctly. The economy is betting against you. I'm looking at a Fox News poll where they poll, I don't know how many people, but it's, it's a pretty large sample. And they asked one question. They said, is the economy, are the conditions of the national economy, are they getting better or are they getting worse? You know what the findings were? 21% of Americans polled said the economy, or at least the national economic conditions, are getting better. So what does that mean? Well, that means 73% said it was getting worse. And the delta there, the difference, the what's at 6%, well, 6%, they just apparently didn't have an opinion or they didn't respond to the poll. This is, this is a problem for our economy, folks. When, when three quarters of Americans believe that the national economic conditions are getting worse, you know we've got a problem on our hands. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it one more time. This economic situation was, was caused by the change of administrations. Trump was out, Biden was in, and the first thing that Biden did when he got into office was he signed a bunch of executive orders, which were designed to reverse many of the things that the previous administration had done because the current administration felt that what the previous administration was doing was incorrect for the future of America. That's part of the reason why they did it. I'm not going to get into political discourse over one party is better than the other because I think both parties are awful. You heard me correctly. I think both parties are awful. I think both parties have some shining stars in them, but for the most part, I think both parties are awful. I think politicians are awful because it's the only it's the only environment in the world where you don't have to have any experience to do the job. You heard me correctly. You don't have to have any political experience to do the job. As a matter of fact, if you're good looking and you can orate very well, you could be a politician. As a matter of fact, you could potentially be the president of the United States. That's kind of how it works. Now, I am an independent I am absolutely independent. I left one of those parties a long time ago. It doesn't matter which one. I left them because they weren't doing what I expected them to do. They weren't. And as a result of that, they don't have, they don't have, in my opinion, they don't have the ability to draw me in because I think they're flawed. Both of them are flawed. They're, they're not necessarily focused. But I think 73% of Americans are absolutely focused because they're living these inflationary issues. They are. As a matter of fact, Fox News did an additional poll, and they, asked, they just asked one question. Has your family cut back on everyday things in order to afford necessities? You heard me correctly, necessities, necessities. These are these things that you and I must have, not the things that we want to have, the things that we must have, you know, things like fuel, food, clothing, a roof over our heads, 
I mean, these are things that we deem the basic needs in America. Here's the results. As of March of 2022, 67% of Americans said they had to cut back a lot or some, while 33% said they didn't have to cut back much or, if anything, anything at all. Okay, now I'm, I'm actually a part of that, that 33%. I really haven't had to cut back much because my income streams come from real estate. Now, part of my income streams come from ordinary income because I do have sources of ordinary income, but I also have sources of passive income that comes from real estate. And that passive income is actually doing very well for me. It's actually keeping up. It's actually exceeding what inflation is doing, believe it or not. So Tina and I really haven't had to cut back on anything. So we're part of that one third. But if you fast forward to today, the number of households that reported they've had to cut back a lot or or some, has risen from 67% to 41%. You might be thinking, okay, that's, that's not a big jump, Al. That's only 4%. But what that's indicating to you is there is a trend line moving in that direction. In other words, it is getting potentially worse. That means 4% of families that were lumped in with me are now lumped in with everybody else that's saying, they have to cut back in order to afford necessities. It means the price of everything is going up. It also is having a negative effect on your 401k. You heard me correctly. Your 401k is actually a 301k right now. Now, the, the IRS did not go in and change the legal standards in the regulation or the, the, the code of, what do they call that thing? The CFR, Code of Federal Regulations. That's, that's what it's called, the CFR. That's where all this stuff exists. Pretty much. So the 401k is, is a part of a federal regulation, which is a subset of a law that was passed to allow individuals like you to stop having to get pensions and allow you to get 401ks. This actually benefited corporate America immensely. This all happened back in 1978, and then corporate America figured it out by 1980. And in 1980, just, just plant plant the gravestone on the pension because that was the time period where the pension effectively died for, for most people. And most people went on to something called the 401k. Hey, Stuart Varney of Fox Business News. He said on Monday, he said that the average 401k balance is down $34,000. That's what he said. As a matter of fact, he coupled that by saying that's about a 25% decline across the board for everybody. Now, if you look at the uh, the stock market, you see what the stock market's doing. What's going on in your 401k is kind of indicative of what's going on in the stock market, because although you probably didn't know it, three out of four individual stocks that you may own follow the direction of the market indices. That's part of the reason that your 401k is keeping pace with what the indices are doing. Now, your financial planner is saying, remember, your financial planner continues to advise you, you are dollar cost averaging. You are dollar cost averaging. You know why? Because they don't want you to, divide, to divest those funds. They don't want you to say, look, I've already lost like well over a quarter of my money. There's got to be a better way. Now, why is it they don't want you to divest yourself? Well, it has to do with their, their income streams. You didn't know that, did you? It has to do absolutely with their income streams. You see, all of these mutual funds, all these stock companies, all of these, these entities that allow you to buy and sell trades, whether you actively do it yourself or you pay somebody else to do it, 
there is fee income that comes from the transaction of those stocks. This is how your stock advisor makes their money. This is why they want you in the market, because if you're not in the market, they can't make any fee income off of your stock trades, and therefore it doesn't support the whole financial services world. Does that make sense? Yeah, you are a part of the financial services world. They need you to be engaged with putting your money in there so that they can make money. They're, they are definitely afraid of everybody in America going, that's it, I'm done, this doesn't work, this is terrible, I'm getting out, and I'm going to do what Al says to do, I'm going to go buy myself some real estate assets. Because real estate assets tend to hold up during inflation. You heard me correctly. They tend to hold up during inflation. As a matter of fact, they tend to do better than inflation is doing. Well, what does that mean, Al? Okay, let's, let's explain that before I go on. The first thing I want you to know is that inflation is rising somewhere in the neighborhood of like 8 to 8.5%. At least that's, that's the number the federal government puts out, 8 to 8.5%. You've, you've probably seen that on the news. You've also probably seen on the news President Biden strongly insisting that the United States economy is strong as H-E double toothpicks. Yeah, you heard me, Craig. I, I didn't want to say the word, but that's that was his quote. As I'm looking at his quote in quotations. Therefore, I know that's what the president said. So we have the leader of our, our country saying everything is good to go. Meanwhile, you're just feeling the pains of what's going on in the markets. Now, let me get back to this, this discussion of how real estate tends to do better than inflation. Okay. And I'm going to make it real simple and real clear. I am experiencing the same eight to eight and a half percent inflation that you're experiencing. I actually think that inflation number is closer to 25%. I really do, because the inflation number that the government is using does not include things such as fuel and food, two of the most important commodities that you and I consume, food and fuel. We have to eat, right? And everything that we consume has to get to us by truck or rail or plane or somehow. Maybe it's by bicycle delivery. Okay, that, that could happen. But that's a very small segment of the overall transportation infrastructure. Does that make sense? Okay, so even if we go with that number of 25%, even if you and I are experiencing 25% increases in, in everything across the board, because that's what inflation is doing, I'm actually doing better than 25% in my real estate investments. As a matter of fact, a recent review that Tina and I did of our, what we call our internal rate of return, there's a big word for you, which just basically tells us how much money we're making on our investments. Our internal rate of return right now is at 38%. You heard me correctly, 38%. So between the cash flows, between the cash out refinances, before, be, between the, the sale of assets, we're getting a 38% return on our investments. So right there is proof positive that you can do better than inflation. Now my margin, my margin is only what, 13%? Okay, so my, my, my effective return really, once you take inflation into consideration, is only about 13%. But I'm still doing 13% better than what inflation is doing to me in a negative standpoint. And keep in mind, inflation is hammering you. Has your wages, I should say, have your wages gone up at least 25%? Have, have they gone up at least 8.5% to, to qualify for what 
the government says the inflation rate is. And I would submit to you they, they potentially probably have not. I know for a fact that wages have been going up. I've been looking at economic studies that, that say this. But part of the problem is this. Even though wages are tending to go up, they're not necessarily keeping pace with the true inflation numbers, the 25% that I believe is actually happening out there. Some wages are keeping up with the 8.5% that the government is telling you that inflation is, is, is going at. But if you listen to the president's words, the economy is strong as heck. And as a result of that, you don't have to worry about your wages going up, except you do go to the gas pump. You do go to the grocery store. You do spend money. And you realize that no matter how much money you spend, you tend to spend more than you did a year ago, and you tend to bring home less than you did a year ago. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me tell you something else about your 401k. Your 401k is down, what, about, uh, Stuart Varney said it's down at least 25%. Some of you may even have a worse result than that, just based on the type of structure you have in your 401k, whether you, you choose to go after aggressive growth stocks or you choose to go after like bonds. Okay. Some of you are in those aggressive stroke, stoke, I can't even say it, aggressive growth stocks. And as a result of those falling, they're not aggressively growing, they're aggressively falling and it's, it's affecting your 401k. All right. Let me tell you the dirty little secret about the stock market. I, I was going to say there's a dirty little secret about the real estate market. And the only dirty little secret that's out there is that if you don't know how to invest in real estate, you shouldn't be doing it. And that's why Lifestyles Unlimited exists. But let me get back to that dirty little secret about the stock market. If your stocks, if your 401k dropped 25%, and let's say they don't drop anymore. Let's just say they, they, they plateau out and they hold at 25%. In order for you to recover all of those losses that you made, you're going to have to have that stock market grow by at least 50% from where it is currently at. Yes, you didn't know that, did you? Yeah, so for, for as much as the stock market drops, you're going to have to like double it to get back to where you were. Yeah, trust me, there, there are stock classes out there that explain all this stuff you, to you. I am not interested in explaining that stuff to you because what I'm more interested in talking about is the economy. And I'm more interested in helping you understand that even now, right now, even as dismal as it seems to you, this is actually a really good time for you to be investing in real estate. But before you do, you need to get educated. When we come back from the break, I'll explain myself. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power at Lifestyles Unlimited. We empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com.
Hey, welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon. I'm proudly helping you understand that there is a completely different way for your investing path to follow. As a matter of fact, there's a completely different path that you can follow that can get you to the retirement that currently you think you're working towards. You didn't know that, did you? No, see, nobody explains this stuff to you. Nobody explains to you that there's a different way to achieve retirement, that there's actually a, a roadmap out there that can get you retired in the next five years. You heard me correctly. Get you retired in the next five years. Now, I know some of you are going, but Al, you just spent the first half of this show explaining to me, me being you, right? Okay. Explaining to you or me, however you, however your brain processes that, I don't care. I just got through explaining to you that you're getting hammered in the stock market. You're getting hammered in your 401k, which probably means you're getting hammered in your IRAs. You're probably getting hammered in your 529s. You're probably getting hammered in all these other plans that are out there. Did I mention the, the, the teacher's plan? Yeah, there's a teacher's version of this, too, that I have found out about. So all of these things are designed to get you invested in the stock market because the stock market is a better vehicle than, say, the bond market. Although right now, bonds might actually be starting to look pretty good to people. What, what am I talking about? Okay, so bonds. Bonds are usually something that you buy that don't necessarily go up in value, but what they do tend to do is they tend to pay you a yield. In other words, they pay you a, a, a cash payment. Maybe it's monthly, maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's annually. It just depends on how the bond is structured. Now, if you had been invested in bonds over the past 10 years, you might as well, might as well have just taken your money and buried it in the backyard. Bury it somewhere. I don't care. But in a mattress is fine. You would have had probably the, the same rate of return by burying your money as you would have had by putting it in the bond market. Okay. Now it's, it's not truly accurate. Okay. The bond market probably was eking out maybe three quarters of a percent in interest. So it was doing a little bit better in what you can get in your, your, your passbook account in your bank, you know, where you keep your savings account where it makes even less money. So a bond is going to pay you a little bit more money, but try living off of three quarters of a percent of interest. Now, you could do it if you had a bunch of money, but it's difficult to do because three quarters of a percent doesn't pay you much. Now, bonds are probably in the process of ratcheting up. The reason they're ratcheting up is because interest rates are rising. As a result of interest rates rising, bonds can now offer a more attractive return because bonds want to keep pace with what interest rates are doing. If bonds get back to 8% payments of 8%, we haven't seen bond payments of 8% since I was a very young man, very young, keyword young man, not even 18 years of age. Okay. Young man. It's, it's how long it's been since bonds have actually been a legitimate investing platform in Al's opinion. Okay. In Al's opinion. So bonds may actually get back to the point where they're paying 8% or more, which, which could make them a, a decent investment option if you're just going for the cash flow. But remember, 
I explained to you that the bonds don't tend to go up in value as far as equity growth. Now, you, you buy the bond. It has a face value. That face value pays you a cash payment until you cash that bond in. Then you get your principal back and the cash payment goes away. That's, that's, how, that's how bonds tend to work. There are, there are bonds out there that have different mechanisms to them. I'm just giving you the basics of how bonds work. Please don't send me an email at askal at luinc.com and give me a complete explanation of how the bonds markets work because I won't read it. Because here's what I already know. And this is where it gets to that education piece that I was talking to you about in the last segment. Real estate will pay you a cash payment. We call that cash flow. Depending on the type of asset you invest in, it's either going to pay you on a monthly or a quarterly basis. And unlike a bond, unlike most bonds, let's just put it that way, unlike most bonds, real estate is going to give you an opportunity to participate in the equities that are gained by operating and improving the value of that property over time. So you get the best of both worlds. You don't have to decide either or. Now, some of you would write me at askal at luinc.com. That's askal at luinc.com. And you would tell me that you've been on the internet and you have found apartment communities that you can invest in. And you don't have to be a member of Lifestyles Unlimited to do these things. You could just go out and find people that, you know, have an a desire to syndicate real estate transactions to you, and they will be more than happy to, to bring you into the fold, provided you meet their, their entry requirements. Maybe they want you to be sophisticated. In other words, you have to have knowledge of investing in that particular asset class. That's something that we teach you at Lifestyles Unlimited. As a matter of fact, everybody that graduates our 16-hour financial freedom course graduates with the designation Sophisticated Investor. Because you now know exactly how to invest in real estate because we taught you everything you needed to know. We, we didn't have to take four years of your time like a traditional college degree does and, and, and try and teach you a bunch of stuff that you're not going to use in your future life. No, we boil it down to 16 hours of what you absolutely need to know. And then we turn you loose. We turn you loose. We have you go out and do great things. Now, getting back to that, that comment that I made, there are, there are real estate entities out there that you can find on the internet that you can invest with, and they may not require you to be sophisticated. They, re, they may require you to be what's called accredited. Now, accredited is merely sophistication with a financial component added on. So an accredited investor not only meets the, the educational acid test, but it also meets the acid test for being financially sound. Okay. So in other words, you, you declare that you, you have a certain amount of holdings or a certain amount of money and assets, or you declare that you make a certain amount of money every year. And I think there's a third acid test out there. Th those are the two different categories of real estate investors. Technically there's a third category. So you have, you have the accredited investor, Okay, which is all of everything, the financial and the sophistication. Then you have the sophisticated investor that may not be accredited, but they are sophisticated because they know what they're doing. And then there's there is that third category, everybody else, everybody else who has not gone through an educational program to at least achieve 
sophistication. Now, even if you're a Lifestyles Unlimited member and you achieve sophistication, it doesn't mean you're going to be an accredited investor because you may not have the financial wherewithal to, to be considered accredited. That doesn't necessarily matter when you're investing with other Lifestyles Unlimited members, because when we operate within our closed network of, well, we have to do this because the SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, mandates that we do this. When we do this, we, we're operating in a closed network. And as a result of that, people that are syndicating deals within Lifestyles Unlimited, well, they can offer shares into a particular asset just based on being sophisticated. Now, the preference is everybody would be accredited, but not everybody can be accredited. So we can carve out 35 positions for sophisticated investors. Now, let me go back to what's on the internet. The internet, they don't really care whether you're sophisticated or accredited. As a matter of fact, they, they prefer that you're neither because when you invest in these types of deals that they offer on the internet, what you find is that they give you a choice. You either get the cash flows or you get the equity participations. You don't get both. Lifestyles Unlimited not too long ago made a, a sound decision to step away from how we used to do radio, and we moved it to a better platform. What am I talking about? Well, Del Wamsley, our founder and CEO, he made the executive decision to actually start our own radio Network. It's called the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. It's part of the uh, the parent company of Lifestyles Unlimited. And what we do is we produce educational radio shows for you. The reason we went to a Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network is because we used to do things based on third party facilitators. In other words, we would go to a third party that happened to be a, a radio production company and we would buy time with them. And what that would allow us to do is not to have to invest in to PP&E. You know what that is, PP&E? Plant, property, and equipment. And along with plant, property, and equipment, you also have an overlaying layer called human resources that, that makes all that other stuff work. That can be very expensive. So kind of like the, the lease versus buy decision-making that, that some businesses make, you know, do you, do you buy the truck or do you lease it? We decided that we would lease the, the airspace because it was a lot cheaper than buying the plant property and equipment, if you will, or even just leasing the plant property and equipment. Okay. So as you fast forward to today, what we've done is we've gone from what I consider a mom and pop approach to doing radio to a very professional approach to doing radio. And as such, Rick is on the team. Rick, Rick produces all of our radio shows. And, and what's beautiful about Rick is he comes with a wealth of radio broadcasting skill sets. He does. If, if I ever allow Rick to come on the show, and one day I'm, I may coax him into doing this, you would hear one of the most beautiful voices you have ever heard. And I guarantee you have probably heard Rick's voice somewhere in the past because he's done he's done a lot of radio voiceovers. He's I mean, this is this is the guy that that brings all kinds of skill sets to the table, which is exactly why we went out and we got Rick to be a part of our team, because I could use the term one trick pony, but that would be wrong because he does so many things so well. And here's the other thing that Rick does for me when we go to commercial break. 
we just kind of chat about things. He gives me feedback on, on how I did. I'll ask him questions about, you, you know, because he's listening to the show as I'm as I'm talking through the show and I can ask him questions such as what do you think the audience needs what do you what do you think that I have left out and of course the first thing Rick will hit me with is you did an outline right and of course I'll, I'll lie and go yeah I did an outline okay actually I, I do do an outline it's it's actually in my head I don't use a written one it's it's a long story as to why I do that it's just the way I am it's the way I'm wired but Rick Rick said you know what here's the one thing you really haven't pointed out you haven't talked about Russia how does Russia fit into all this? Because we've got we've got a, a little limited war going on over in Eastern Europe, do we not? Well, we do. It's called it's called Ukraine, and Russia's trying to take back land that they believe is theirs. Matter of fact, they've recently annexed that land. Now, technically, I don't think that's legal, but that's up to the world courts. Yeah, go figure, right? World courts. Now, this is this is where the world has gotten to. We actually have world courts. It's it's kind of interesting. So, whose law do we follow? Exactly. Okay. But let's get back to Rick's point. Rick was commenting that, you know, one of the things impacting us right now, Al, is what's going on with Russia and the fact that Russia controls a lot of oil and Russia has connections maybe with OPEC and Russia has, you know, put itself in a, in a position where it controls how much oil goes to Europe. Because back when Europe decided that they were going to go onto the green standard, if you will, they were going to move away from nuclear energy. They were going to move away from fossil fuels. They wanted to be green, green, green. One of the ways for them to get green, green, green was to rely on Russian oil that was sent to them. Well, one of the problems with the current operating environment of the world is that Putin decided that he was going to go take back Ukraine. And as a result of that, he doesn't want any of the armed forces of NATO participating because Ukraine is technically an independent nation. It's, it had been trying to become a part of NATO. And I think that's part of the reason that, that Putin chose to invade when he chose to invade. I think he felt that maybe Ukraine was getting a little too, too close with NATO and and maybe if they join NATO that would goof everything up for him. That would goof everything up for him because what Putin doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to take on NATO. Okay, which is all these North American Treaty Organization countries that have bound together and signed a document under Article 5 that says if any one of us gets attacked, we're all in and we're going full force to repel you. That's part of the reason Putin's not attacking Poland. Poland is a NATO member. Ukraine is not a NATO member. So what does this have to do with the fact that you're paying more every day? Well, oil supplies in the world are constrained. When Joe Biden, at the beginning of his presidency, signed all those executive orders, those executive orders were specifically targeting, for the most part, not all of them, but most of them were targeting the oil and gas industry. As such, he has a policy, whether it's right, wrong, indifferent, it doesn't matter. He's the president and he gets to make those policies. His determination was he didn't like what the Trump administration had been doing. He felt it was to the contrary of what the Democratic Party was trying to do through the, the Obama era. And as a result of that, 
Biden signed these executive orders, which basically changed the United States position. We had actually finally gotten to a place of oil independence in the world, and we were actually in a place where we could export oil. So it was kind of a good thing financially. Biden administration disagreed with that. They didn't like the fact we were oil independent. You're going to have to ask them why. As a result of that, executive orders were put into place. Pipelines were canceled. Leases were canceled. All kinds of stuff was canceled. And that took us off energy independence and back on energy dependence. Now, recently, over the last week or so, you probably noticed that President Biden went to Saudi Arabia and asked them to expand their oil production because he's starting to realize that, well, we just don't have enough of it domestically. And he's put enough roadblocks in place. He can't just pull those roadblocks off and have us become energy independent again. So he's going to have to rely on other countries that do produce oil. Saudi Arabia is a country that we we have pretty decent relationships with. As a matter of fact, we're the ones that probably are responsible for Saudi Arabia never being wiped off the face of the earth because it's the United States might in our military presence, not to mention the fact that we sell them all kinds of top level military arms and munitions, as well as train all of their people in our military uh, educational systems. That's part of the reason Saudi Arabia, is, in, in Al's opinion, still exists on this planet. Well, Saudi Arabia's response to the president was, nah, we're not going to increase production. As a matter of fact, we're going we're gonna to decrease production. So what do you think that, that did to our economy? Well, that caused us to have to find other places to get oil. And if we can't find other places to get oil, what that means is the oil that we're currently getting, there are more people that want it than we have available. And based on the laws of supply and demand, prices will go up, period. And nobody is checking with your employer to see if your employer is giving you a, a, a 5% increase, a 10% increase, or whatever in your wages, right? So, so most Americans are absorbing this. Now, some of you might think, well, you know what? You're just a mean landlord because all you guys do, I, I'm hearing that rents are just, they're at the, the top they've ever been. And that's true. They are at the top that they've ever been. But I would argue to you the same point about supply and demand. It's, it's not because we want to just raise rents. Because I, I could put a price point on an apartment unit. Let's say I want $8,000 for an apartment unit that should be renting for $800. Okay? I could put an $8,000 price on that. What are the chances I'm going to find somebody that's willing to pay me $8,000 for that unit? The chances are slim and none. Because somebody that can't afford $8,000 is comparing other properties that they can acquire for $8,000. And trust me, mine is not even in contention with an $8,000 property. But it is fully in contention with an $800 property. Now, let's say my lease has come up on that $800 property. And I'm doing my market surveys. And what my market survey is telling me is that, Al, the prices that people are paying for that exact same unit in a similar condition is $1,000 per month. What would you do? Would you leave your price point at $800 knowing that all the other costs of operating your apartment community have gone up? See, taxes are going up because the tax 
man wants his money, period. Insurance is going up because that's just a function of the economy. Insurance tends to go up over time. So those costs are going up for me. As a result of that, I'm going to raise my price to $1,000. Not because I want to, but effectively because the, the markets are dictating me to do so. Now, I'm still fine financially, and you can be too. I'd like you to join Lifestyles Unlimited. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.